Hi, friend. It's Brittany Moses and Ranella Kaligithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out. Joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by WeShare by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476. Merry Christmas! (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Start again. Welcome to the Speaking Our Minds podcast. This is Brittany. And this is Ranella. And we're so glad you're joining us. You have already given us the best gift by just being here with us in these conversations on the podcast this year. And today we wanted to celebrate the day, but also create a space for those of you who might be away from family, celebrating solo, or with your chosen family this year. I know that I've experienced almost all of those things in a way. Yeah. Sometimes it's not like the most wonderful time of the year. Sometimes it's the most chaotic time of the year. Sometimes it's the most lonely time of the year. As we've highlighted again and again and again, it seems this season. Yes. <laughs> we have a thing with loneliness. Well, and, and I think into. also just, just reality. Just wanting to really speak to everyone's experiences yeah. as many as possible. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not a Merry Christmas for everyone, but it is a, a, a holiday that, you know, hopefully we can have some nuanced perspective on. Well, I was just telling you, like, there were a few years ago where I was away from family for Christmas mm. and we had kind of just a like dreary Christmas. <laughs> oh, you know, no. like, there just wasn't, I yeah. wasn't with family. I was just home. I remember, like, we couldn't really afford anything. So I could barely do gifts. You know, I was in mm. another state. And as we were thinking about this episode, I was like, yeah, I I also would love to kind of speak to those who maybe you're spending Christmas Day alone today, or maybe you're going into a Christmas Day with family that you know is going to be a little testing, or maybe you're with (laughs) your chosen family. Mm, Yeah. And that's becoming more and more common, I think, which is really good because just to be honest, and I actually think there's a reason why you and I keep kind of wanting to talk to this real experience of the holidays. Mm -hmm. And that is because life in general, but especially the holidays, is just fraught. 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 With tradition, with um, nostalgia, with like ideas about what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. That don't actually quite fit, I would say, like, a lot of people's experiences now. Do you know what I mean? Is that just me? No, no, no. It's true. It's funny. Like a few years ago or a couple of years ago, I did this reel about what my Christmas looked like each year. And it was like one year I was with family. Another year I was away from family in a struggling relationship. And next year it was divorced during Christmas or going through a breakup. Mm. And then the next year I'm like, with my new husband, you know? So it's just, it's so interesting. It's just like Christmas has looked different for me across the years. Now it's looking a little bit more like consistently stable, but you're right. It is fraught (laughs) with just Just varying experiences over the years. And just because Christmas looks one way this year, 
it can look completely different the next year or five years from now. So exactly. Just exactly. Yeah. So speaking of nostalgia, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions and what makes them special to you? What are your favorite Christmas memories? Um, actually, we grew up, um, I grew up in an immigrant family. Uh, Indian and Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. So we did do certain things that were very traditionally Western Christmassy. Like yeah. when we were really little, we have pictures of this. My dad, who's like this brown Indian man, would like dress up as Santa and we'd be I like, why does Santa have dad's shoes? You know, like, <laughs> and So we would do some of that type of Christmassy stuff. Um, but we actually grew up with like eating Indian and Filipino food. Love that. Yeah, we never had, we didn't start having American food until like recently, maybe in the last... Oh you know, 10 years when we would go visit our family members. Um, but yeah, whenever whenever it was just us at home and when you are a young immigrant family, mm-hmm. you actually don't know a lot of people mm. yet. Like people, you're, you haven't built a lot of relationships. And, and so we ended up just like kind of spending it together. And of course, we did have some Filipinos. We'd go over to their houses and other Indian families that would um, we would spend time with. But it's a very unique experience yeah. being an immigrant family um, during the holidays because sometimes, you know, especially if your culture doesn't celebrate Christmas, um, you know, and for us, we just didn't really prefer American food <laughs> during Christmas. Fair. I mean, Indian we, like, food. We always wanted our own food. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, but, but yeah, like my mom has certain foods that she would make specifically only on the holidays. Mm-hmm. So that is very nostalgic for us. And um, as we've gotten older, we have done more of, uh, more of gifts actually as we've gotten older than when we were younger. Oh. So when we were younger, we just didn't really have the money for, for many like gifts. As a parent now, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's actually so interesting. We're going to talk about this later uh-huh. about kind of the childlike spirit for better or for worse that comes out in us during the holidays. Right. But for my, my sisters and I, sometimes people look around and they're like, oh, don't do gifts. Gifts are so materialistic. Because we were an immigrant family and didn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. we didn't get those gifts, but we always wanted them because our friends, like we would look around, our friends had them. So right. now as older adults, that we're almost living out the parts of us that we wish we yeah, had when like we were recompensating. Yeah, so yeah. we love giving each other gifts. Oh, I love that. I really appreciate you sharing that experience because it really speaks to how Christmas can look different for each person and and how relationships look, for example, with your extended family being overseas. You know, that looks different. Like for me, all of my extended, all well, most of my family is here in Los Angeles. So we've always gathered, you know, with all of our family. But I think for me, some of my favorite memories, childhood memories. So whenever we would decorate the tree, my dad would play the Jackson 5 Christmas album. How cute. So like literally every time I hear the Jackson 5 Christmas album, it just brings up so many warm and bright memories for me. I actually play it now while I decorate the tree. That's so cute. (laughs) So that's great. Um, Another thing is that me and my brother would write these elaborate letters to Santa just about like what's going on in our lives and what we wanted, you know, and actually what I looked forward to the most the next day, I would run to my stocking because we would get these two page front and back handwritten elaborate letters from Santa that my dad would write. This is my dad though. My dad is very like this. Like he's very like sentimental and like relational. And I'm just like so grateful for who he is because he would, it's like, hmm, Santa's writing looks a lot like daddy's, you know? (laughs) But it's like, I think that my brain refused to Except that. Of course. But he would write these elaborate letters about, oh, I see how you're doing like in school or like, I'm so proud of you and this and you're so special, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's so sweet. I look back now and I'm like, that was such a I've never heard of like Christmas letters being written from Santa. Only gifts. I I like that. Me too. Literally, so they would put things in our stockings. But yeah, my dad would write these elaborate gifts from Santa just speaking to, you know, us and like, 
how we're doing and like how proud Santa is of us and the things that Santa sees going on in our lives. And I actually think I looked forward to that more Mm. than the gifts, maybe just a little bit more. I know. It's so interesting. Like all of the the nostalgia and all the memories, I think it it is really fun and special and important for communities to have traditions like this. And, um, but yeah, it, 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 as we get older, mm. we tend to hold on to some of these things yeah. in a different way, actually. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about holiday regression? Ooh, so that is so interesting. With holiday regression, I actually read about it in an article recently. Basically, have you ever felt like when you go back to your families for the holidays or maybe you're back in your childhood home that even though you've grown up, and you've changed and you've shifted. Maybe you even have like, I don't know, a good career, whatever. When you get home, you immediately kind of like regress back to who you were as a child or you regress back to old childlike behaviors or mm. even old roles that you've had. That's basically what holiday regression is. It's many times when people go back home for the holidays, they end up turning back into younger versions of themselves, even though they've grown up and changed. And they kind of feel boxed in their old selves. So you fall back into old habits and ways of being and familial roles, even though you've changed and shifted in your adult life, because there are these implicit memories. So implicit memories are the memories within our subconscious that arise from, say, being around family and different childhood cues. So maybe you've gone back home for the holidays and you're like sleeping in your childhood bed or your room, (laughs) or maybe your aunt is still calling you by your childhood nickname. Or maybe just, again, being around certain family members, just, again, it it subconsciously cues you to go back into that mode. And so it's really interesting because we know that through family systems theory or family systems therapy, um, we realize that within family dynamics, people usually fall into certain roles that are ingrained for them for years, right? So you might have had the family role of like being the comedian or being mm-hmm. the entertainer. So you're always making your family laugh or be entertained. Or maybe- That was me. That was, <laughs> I'm like always performing or, you know, like singing, like there goes Brittany singing through the house again, like putting yeah. on another show. Um, or you might've taken on the role of being the helper. You're the one that helps. You're the one that everyone asks for help to, or everyone's maybe kind of ordering around to do stuff. You might have taken on the role of being like the responsible one, again, Mm. very similar, or the problem child, you know? There's also Um, that one. (laughs) There's that one where it's just like, what are you doing now with your life? And what, like, you know, there's always something that's nitpicked at, you know? Or maybe you've taken on the role of the caregiver, right? So we we have these roles that have been ingrained in us for years around family. And even though maybe it's like, we're not that person anymore, or now we're trying to set boundaries in our life, or now Mm. we're trying to evolve and, you know, it's just natural for us to fall back into these modes. Yeah. Um, Or to just maybe like not feel like an adult who's standing up for ourselves, you know, because it's really hard to change around the people that you've been with the longest. And change during the holidays. <laughs> and change during the holidays. I, I totally agree with that. I think that um, we have this tendency to also, if we're not aware of this dynamic, yeah. at the beginning, because I remember this happening to me, where I immediately felt like I was, just like it sounds like, regressing. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my goodness, all these things that I learned, all these things that I did, like, why am I like this? Why am I feeling this way? I thought I was over this. Right. Why am I giving back, getting back into my people pleasing? Why am I not setting boundaries anymore? Why am I blowing up again? I thought that I was, you know, healed or I thought that I was... But family dynamics are very, very like... So ingrained. They're so ingrained. And also, when you realize how normal this is for adults, or like we're not talking about when you're 18 or 20. I mean, it's just... 30s. You're in your 30s, 40s. You come back (laughs) and you're like, "Ah, my mom is trying to control me again. My dad is trying to make, you know, however it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you realize how normal that is, like then you have somewhere to start. Yeah, that's where we encourage just kind of like taking a step back if you need to, take a step away, take a deep breath to kind of remind yourself of, you know, who you are. And we've talked about this before as well, considering mentally preparing yourself for Mm -hmm. the situation, knowing what you're going into, maybe 
uh, practicing or preparing some go-to responses should things come up in advance because maybe in the moment it's difficult. Or maybe finding those family members you feel safe with for the time being and remembering that no family is perfect. But yeah, it's totally normal to feel like, you know, I've become so independent and I've, you know, changed and I've like set up all these boundaries in my life. And, you know, I've learned how to assert myself. And then you get back into these situations and you're like, you don't know how to say no. You don't know how to like, you yeah. know, so it's, it's so normal. That's all we want to say. And so if you're going into Christmas today or this week with your family, um, and this tends to happen, just bringing to your awareness that holiday regression is a thing and it happens to a lot of us and it doesn't mean something's wrong with you or that you didn't make any progress in your growth. It's just these implicit cues that are around us that are associated with kind of who we used to be, who we've always been around our family. And that's so normal. Yeah. And this is just for a moment, you know, if you do choose to spend time with your family, um, It's just for hopefully a few days. I have a friend who used to go back home for like two weeks. Right. And now she goes home for like four days. (laughs) She's like, this is about how much I can handle. And we talked about this on a previous episode that um, she makes plans prior to going there. She kind of sets down some boundaries Mm -hmm. and she, she, um, you know, sets down the guidelines of what she's all right with. And she tries to work together to find some win-win situations with her family prior And this, again, just brings up this very interesting dichotomy where we are born into a family unit Mm -hmm. and inherently, biologically, we are almost programmed or created or whatever to feel that, that our families are supposed to be the safest place place for us. Right. Or we're programmed to feel like this is, you know, like this is going to be home forever. Mm -hmm. These are going to be the safest, best humans. But the truth is, is that we do not choose (laughs) what types of families we get born into. Yeah. And a huge part of life is being able to accept what you cannot control Mm -hmm. and who, what type of family you were born into. And and yes, that comes with so many emotions and so many feelings around the holidays when you are yet again reminded of the issues that your dysfunctional family has. <laughs> Every family has dysfunction. Has things. So why do we, why are we obsessed with this idea that we're going to have this perfect holiday with all these perfect people and then we let ourselves down when we go and actually interact with those very imperfect people. All I'm saying is that the sooner you can accept (laughs) that humans are weird and people are different and unique and no, you did not choose to be born into that family, but it was the family you were born into. Mm -hmm. There is a whole grieving process that goes along with that. So I'm not saying this is a matter of you just choose to believe something and then it it is so, but there is a long process of grieving over several years that sometimes needs to take place. But being able to get to the point where you kind of just become curious and you just kind of laugh and realize yeah. like, this is going to be a wild ride. <laughs> I got to said something Hold else. On, yeehaw. But yes. this is, this is going to be a, a crazy experience. <laughs> it's eventful. It's going to be eventful and to just expect it. That's the great thing about, I think, acceptance in general with difficult people or difficult dynamics or what have you. Once you've accepted it, one, then you stop expecting them to be who they're not. Like, you can just expect that Uncle Jimmy is going to say what he says every year. Like, expecting him not, this is who he's always shown himself to be. You know, and that doesn't mean you have to, like, say, tolerate it. But I think that when you can have that acceptance, then you can manage your expectations. And then you can kind of be like, okay, this is how they are. I know this is how they are. This is the topics they bring up every year. This is how they act every year. I'm going to manage myself accordingly, knowing that this is who they are and this is what I can expect. So it just does kind of give you some of that power back um, and some of that, um, some of those boundaries back of being able to, again, prepare, you know? It's just like, I know this is how it is. And so, I mean, if you do have a family 
that is safe and is warm and is loving. <laughs> you know, that is such a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I would say for the most part, my family dynamic, actually everyone really gets along and we have a great time. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had different family dynamics over the years, you know, especially through my parents' divorce and different things. But right now we're at a place where everything is copesthetic. So I am grateful for that. Um, so if you do have that, cherish that, really take the time to soak in the day and practice that gratitude of, you know, everything around you. But for some, like we've said, it's a mess. It's it's like, why do I even show up every year, you know? And mm. it's difficult or maybe there are, um, or maybe there's been just really recent blowups between family members or what have you, or you're in a situation where you had to set boundaries with family members because it was becoming more detrimental than it was worth it to continue with the relationship in the way that it's been existing, you know? And so, like you said, we don't get to always choose our family members. However, there is this concept of a chosen family that has been coming up a lot more lately and resurfacing. And I really love this idea that for some people, maybe it doesn't look traditional, but maybe you have a chosen family and you are creating a new environment that works for you, where you are supported, where you are loved, where you can create a meaningful holiday season. Yeah, exactly. And um, a lot of times these are families that comprise your friends or Mm -hmm. mentors or people that you feel safe with. And I think that I am really proud of the people who choose this for themselves. That can be a really tough experience mm-hmm. to kind of let your family know like, hey, I'm, I'm actually not going to come home for the holidays. I'm going to be spending it you know, with these people and with my friends. That can be really hard, but you ultimately, especially at certain parts of your processing and your healing and your journey are, can be very important to set those boundaries and protect your energy and protect your peace to be around people who are um, good for your nervous system during the holidays, Mm -hmm. especially if you have any mental health issues or things that kind of spike during the holidays. It can be really hard to make it that much more difficult to be around people who re-trigger you or, you know, where you do kind of regress. Yeah. And it's also normal to be grieving the family that isn't while you're embracing the family, the chosen family that is. It's Mm. very normal for two things to be true at the same time, you know, to be feeling multiple things at the same time. And so, you know, chosen families are based on deep emotional bonds with mutual support who give a sense of belonging to each other um, that often provide the love, acceptance, and understanding that people may not be feeling from their biological family. And so they provide a sense of home and a sense of security, especially from those who might be estranged from their families. And so in many cases, these chosen families celebrate holidays together, share living spaces, and even provide emotional and practical support for each other. So if today you are celebrating with a chosen family or you are considering maybe that you need something more like a chosen family um, in your life, to give yourself permission to reimagine the holidays if you need to in a way that works for you. Yeah, that's so great. And the whole theme is being able to find what is best for you. And um, there's, it's just so interesting to me um, because in general, the holidays, and I don't mean to get all philosophical here. Do it, please. <laughs> I, am my, I am my father's that's daughter. Why we're here. Um, but the holidays are all a construct of the mind. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I went there. I wasn't ready for that. I went there. It's Are we, <laughs> are we in the Christmas matrix? <laughs> it's a construct. Most of life is a construct. Everything's basically a social construct. Right. It's a construct. And so I, I feel for people who sometimes don't have that family mm-hmm. or the holidays don't look like what they imagined. And um, and then they connect it to a sense of who they are. Right. They connect it to a sense of value, of worth. Is my life worth living? Yeah. Am I as good as that person? Why didn't I get born into that type of family? Why, you know, they're having such a good time. Mm. Um there must be something wrong with me because of this diagnosis I have or whatever it is. 
And that is the only issue I have when we take social constructs and we make meaning, deep meaning out of them for who we are. And I actually think that in some major way, that is a huge part of where some mental issues come from, mental health issues come from, not saying that they are constructs, not at all, but saying that they stem from making too much meaning out of traditions and constructs that... Constructed by man, constructed by people. By, yeah, and by time. And time. But and December history. 26 is going to roll around. January 5 is going to roll around, you know, and and you're going to be the same person. And I really want you to lean in to the idea of who you are, mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself where you want your life to go, the things that you can control, because we give so much suffering to ourselves when we believe these constructs make meaning out of them mm-hmm. and they affect who we think we are because they're all things we cannot control. Yeah. We can't control the constructs. We can't control other people's opinions. We can't control the person next door that's having a big family gathering around the table with the fireplace going and the chimney and the perfect Christmas tree and you know, all of that. It's great. So Hallmark. But if it's not your experience, remember it's a construct. Yeah. Your, your identity, your worth, your value is not tied to it. Yes, it's okay to feel sorry for yourself. I'm not saying not to but please don't go to the depths of uh, trying Mm -hmm. to control something that's not controllable, which is the circumstances of your family. I love that you called it a construct. I just love the idea of constructs, period, because once you learn something is socially constructed, and there tend to be a lot of shoulds around these social constructs of like who you should be, what your day should look like, how you should feel based off of what is constructed by, Mm -hmm. you know, society, like you said, history, time. What I love about recognizing that something is a construct is that it also gives you the permission to deconstruct something and to reconstruct something, Mm -hmm. um, which I really love. And especially for those of you who are maybe going into the holiday season alone or maybe just away from family, you know, you can reconstruct this day in a way that is meaningful to you. You can do what it is that you want to do today to make this day meaningful. Like I said, I've spent Christmases alone and away from family. I did not construct it well. I spent that day in loathing (laughs) and watching everyone's social media that was with family and getting gifts. And it's like, sometimes I can afford three gifts. Um, I'm away from family. We're going to reheat the spaghetti leftovers. Like it felt so un-Christmassy, especially when I have a background of having such a Christmas tradition with family for that to not happen. It really affected my mental health. So I, what is the, what I'm like, what does the Grinch say today? Self-loathing. Check. (laughs) Like that was me. Um, Solve world hunger. (laughs) Tell no one. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, like I'm not the only one. I shared on social media about, hey, does anyone want to anyone want to be in a group chat for those who are alone on Christmas? Because my way of coping, I feel like, is actually to like do or to take my vulnerability and experience, like share it with others who are Mm. in the same place. And that's also how I like heal. Yeah. But um, what I came to learn was that, yeah, actually a lot of people end up in these situations where they're either away from family. Maybe you are out of state because of college or you just live out of state and you don't have the time or funds to fly over to where family is. Or maybe you're just choosing to avoid the chaos this year and you're staying home. I know many friends who are doing that. They were like, Thanksgiving was a crap shot and I'm going to be staying home for Christmas. (laughs) So I get that. And so I think we wanted to talk a little bit about some ways, some ideas of ways that you can make the day meaningful for you. And I wish I had these ideas for me because maybe I would have invested more time in doing things that made the day nice and meaningful and accepting it for me rather than waddling and self-loathing. I'm really glad that we talked about creating your own construct Mm -hmm. because in general, in life, that's a very powerful tool. Like in so many things. It's powerful. Yes. It's powerful because you get to choose what is normal for you. Mm -hmm. And so what are some things that we can do if we're away from family, if we're away 
from, you know, close loved ones on Christmas to construct it in a way that is meaningful still. If you want it to be meaningful, you also don't need it to be meaningful. You can do nothing. You can just you stay can just, in bed. Yeah, and watch movies, honestly. Honestly. Okay, wait a minute. We're on to something here. <laughs> we're on to something. Um, one of like, I, I feel like if that was me, <laughs> right? if I was away from home for school or for something and I just literally wasn't invited anywhere, I don't have anywhere to go, um, I would probably put on my comfiest like pajamas. Day. I would eat whatever the, whatever heck the heck I want. I would order it. Yeah. You know, not even leave my Delivery. house. I would sit in bed and do a movie marathon. And I feel like some of y'all are probably resonating with me right now being <laughs> that like, that's amazing. what I do. But I yeah. might change my plans now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's great. Like you could totally make it a self-care day. Going back to what we said about acceptance. Once mm-hmm. you accept something, you accept like, okay, my holiday is going to look different. Today is going to look different. I am going to be by myself or it is just going to be me and my, you know, my family here in the home. So now that I've accepted that, what can I do to make it something that's meaningful to me? So yeah, getting in bed, maybe you have a Christmas movie marathon. Maybe you make your best, your favorite foods. Um, Make it a self-care day. You know, maybe you finish that book you've always been wanting to read, or maybe you actually take yourself to the movies. They have like really great yeah, movies that usually right. come out on Christmas Day. Ah, they so save the best. What's this year? Willy Wonka. I can't. I can't give you any advice on that. I can't remember. But I love Timothy Chalamet, but that's another topic. Um, but I feel like every Christmas they wait to bring out some of like the big movies for the year. So taking yeah. yourself to the movies if you want. Um, Another thing is, you know, if you do want to connect with loved ones, but you just can't, you know, reaching out to them, maybe FaceTiming them, sending a text message, uh, video message, phone calls, checking in with loved ones can bring warmth and joy to the day if you are away from them and you don't want to be, but it just doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Volunteering. Yes, um, I love that. that. That can also be nice for the social aspect too, of being able to help other people that are, you know, in a position that they they really need, they could use your help. Mm-hmm. That obviously that sense of service is always a great feeling and also allows us to take the focus off of ourselves. Right. And I say that very carefully yeah. because I think that's been weaponized for me at least me growing too. up yeah. in, the, in the Christian world specifically is you know, oh, you're being so selfish by feeling bad for yourself. So stop feeling bad for yourself and go serve someone else that's less fortunate. And that's been weaponized. I think that the idea behind it is actually good without the weaponization. Right, of like spiritual bypassing. Spiritual bypassing of saying like your self-pity is, you know, selfish. And I think people should just feel whatever they need to feel and whatever they do feel. Um, But I will say that volunteering and helping others... Um, definitely can just allow you to get your mind off of the construct (laughs) that you are, you know, dwelling upon of I must be lonely because I'm alone. I must be unwanted or, you know, it's just going to be a lonely season. Um, So volunteering and helping other people can actually be really great because then you're around others too, just say, socially yeah. in general. It fulfills that sense of connection mm-hmm. that you like, that we like about the holiday season. And so whether it's a local shelter or food bank or community center, that could be something to consider. It's volunteering this year. Another thing is maybe deciding to enjoy a special meal. Maybe it's that meal you've always wanted or you've been wanting to cook or you haven't ordered in a while and it's just like your favorite meal. Get it. Get it on (laughs) Christmas Day for yourself. Like we said earlier, you can either take the time to cook it for yourself or order delivery or takeout. Um, Set the table, maybe light some candles and savor the experience. Oh, Oh, this actually sounds so great. I'm like, these all sound, I'm supposed to be with family. And this year I'm like, wait a minute. And sometimes, yeah, especially for introverts or just people that got really exhausted during Thanksgiving. (laughs) This does sound nice. Um, Attending community events too. There are a lot of free events. Um, They do tend to be at places of worship sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if sometimes that's a little too triggering, that's all right. (laughs) You know, you can stay far away. Um, But first, I'm I'm serious. Like binoculars. No, like literally, (laughs) like uh, uh, sometimes it's that that is too much, and I and I understand that. But um, but sometimes it is really nice, like going to a program yeah, if you're that's not been rehearsed. By that. 
Yeah, no, yeah, no. Sometimes they have things going on in your community too. Yes. Like maybe on the street or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so like, you know, just hang out on the street, be in the street. No, no, no. I get you know what, what you're what I saying. Mean? They like block off the street yeah. and they have different things. Like I know like, around us in Pasadena, which is actually not near us. So I don't know why I'm saying that, but like they bring snow. Uh, so yeah, maybe even looking online and just seeing like what different things are going on in, in your community. Sometimes communities have like Facebook groups and you can go in the Facebook group, see what's going, what people are doing for Christmas. Right. Too. So yeah, um, you know, being able to, uh, being able to join into some festive activities. Yeah. And so remember that, you know, spending Christmas alone or to yourselves can also be an opportunity for personal growth, mm-hmm. self-discovery, just self-care, doing things that you love and embracing the day with an open heart and consider it as a chance to focus on yourself or your own family or your well-being. And it's totally okay to create that construct for yourself. Also, I think we can't talk about this without taking social media into account because it is such a part of our ingrained lives. For better or for worse. And how we're cyborgs now because we're all connected to technology and can't live without it. But that's another conversation that me and Ronella love to have. Dude, I think I'm going to get a flip phone. We are cyborgs because we are one with our tech now. Anyway, another conspiracy for another day. But being willing to realize that things on social media may feel a bit sensitive during this time. You know, for example, like you might see people getting these luxury gifts. I mean, I just love it when she gets her new car for the holidays. I'm like, I need a new car. (laughs) But you know, it's, I mean, it's true. You know, people are sharing all these big Mm -hmm. and new and expensive things you get. And then maybe you're someone who like cannot afford much for Christmas. Or maybe you are someone who's home for Christmas, you know, and that might make you feel some type of way again, just like, how come I am not able to get nice things? Or, you know, maybe people are posting with their families and it's highlighting that you're not with your family. Um, And just realizing that those actually can be some sensitive triggers for a variety of reasons during Mm -hmm. this time of year. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. I think that those are very natural triggers and that it's just about us reframing and taking a step back and putting into perspective what matters most um, during this day, during this time, and that it's, it's a season and every season looks different for everybody. And so, yeah, if you need to, Turn off social media for the day because you it's just making you feel worse. Mm-hmm. Turn it off for yourself, you know, or at least kind of have those mental boundaries in place. Because when you're turning off social media, what you're actually doing, you're not turning off reality. Mm-hmm. You are tuning into reality. Mm, I like that. I'm getting all philosophical today. Yes. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. We live in true. illusion. We live in construct. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And so when you turn off social media, especially on t- during times like this, you are not trying to cover your ears and eyes and like try to forget everything you don't have. You are tuning into the reality of just living a human life, mm-hmm. which is like all that matters is what you have right now. And that's the reality it's okay to celebrate and be happy and experience all the social festivities of the holidays. But again, holidays are an illusion. When we say, I love, I'm, I'm serious. That. Like when we say this time of year. I love that we're leading with this. I'm telling Can you. Can that be our soundbite for the beginning of the episode? Holidays this? are an illusion. Christmas is a construct. Hi, welcome to the podcast. But it's so true, Adrian. Like that. Um, but you know, it's. I'm just trying to like give it's us true though. Give it us that true. reality check of um, like it. It's all an illusion, and life goes on, and the yeah. things that really matter are the things people can't take away. Yeah, which is your heart, your soul, your, your life, mind, your life, your outlook, your, your perspective love with the ones who are there. All of those things. So please enjoy the holidays. And also don't take them too seriously. That's it for me. being said, this is the last episode for the year as well. So we're also kind of thinking about, you know, closing out the new year. We'd love to ponder on that with you guys. Um, I know it's a time where everybody's thinking about like, how how am I going to be the new me in 2020? I do not like doing that to myself. It's too much pressure. I'm actually, I actually don't do lots of resolutions. I do some intentions, like Mm -hmm. what I would like in the new year. And I even do like vision board parties with my girls. But 
also just the way I'm wired. I'm a very flexible, adaptive, like creative person. So I I personally don't do well with like too much strict structure of like, Mm. this is who I need to be. This is when I need to hit this goal by. Did it like, I just don't do well that way. Other people are different. And I really envy that. If you can have these really strong goals with due dates of when they're due by and what you want to have, you know, done by this time and how you want to have grown in this by this, like, go at it. That is fantastic that you make these like measurable goals. I love that for you. Um, For me, though, um, I try not to put too much pressure on myself in the new year. I also let go of the idea that you have to start in the new year. Like there are things that I wanted to start in the new year that I'm like, I'm starting it now because why? Again, a construct. New Year's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a real, no, New Year's is a construct because someone constructed the calendar. Or okay, that keeps going can, deeper. Yes, and that's just keep a very going real deeper. thing. Someone constructed the calendar. Someone decided that this was going to be the beginning of the year. The Romans. It wasn't it the it Romans. Was, there it we was go. The I blame Empire. a lot of things on the Roman Empire. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Um, never. Um, <laughs> but in this way, I do because yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, because New Year's is a construct, <laughs> and. Yeah. Um, the, I looked it up once, uh, they chose this time for some reason that it was is, Julius Caesar yeah, and it, Cleopatra, right? It, it came together. It wasn't, it doesn't have to do with anything that relates to us now. Right. And that's the thing about New Year's resolutions is that you are asking me to think of my best self right. at the darkest time Tired. of the year <laughs> when it is literally the darkest, it is the coldest, it is like the shortest days. Yeah. I have the least energy. Lots of people have seasonal affective disorder. And yet we're supposed to think of ourselves in our best selves. And we're supposed to be reaching, we're supposed to be peaking and getting at the peak of our goals. Oh, and then starting this new like vision of ourselves. No, 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 no. <laughs> I refuse. I will not adhere to your I will not do that on me. Because... What makes more sense, actually, is to start and finish your goals. If you do have measurable goals that you're Mm -hmm. trying to do within a time frame, that start and end at a time that's going to help you build momentum. So none of my goals ever end in December. They typically end near my birthday. So that's March or April. Okay, And that works for me because like spring always feels really new. And you do have the winter to work on some things. But in general, if I do make goals, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, for me, if I'm making goals in January, it's only because January is Q1, (laughs) you know? And then you have Q2 and Q3, you know, you have a construct. Yeah. It's still a very real functioning. It works because three months is a good amount of time to like, you know, have milestones. And then I'm like, the Chinese New Year has a different day. I mean, exactly. We could just keep going. But the point is that, again, you can construct for yourself. Yeah, like using what works best for you, Mm -hmm. I think is the most reasonable thing that you can do. What ends up happening, the, the combination of having this expectation that we're supposed to either end the year strong or start the year strong. Mm-hmm. And it's in kind of like our worst times for a lot of us, combined with the feeling of like, was this year good? Yeah. And then we start looking back on the year. Did I accomplish? That combination can be kind of deadly. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up to remind people that that you can do it differently And Mm -hmm. if any of those thoughts come up, just kind of brush them to the side and be like, I will revisit this in April (laughs) because that's when I'm going to be at my best. No, literally, that's what I do. So I forgot anything that I was going to (laughs) say. Stick to ADHD before the podcast, and there you go. I love it. I love that you say that because, again, when we try to fit in someone else's construct or the shoulds of someone else, and it isn't true to us or what works for us, then it falls into this self-defeating pattern of, oh, I should have had goals, or I made these goals, but they didn't stick, right? We're always talking about that. Like, I make goals in the beginning of the year, but they don't stick. And it's like, maybe it actually wasn't the goals that were wrong 
wrong or it, maybe it's not that there's actually something wrong with you, but maybe actually this construct of goal setting or what have you doesn't work for you. Or maybe this timing doesn't work for you. Or maybe this way of executing goals does not work for you, but you saw how someone else did it, someone else's model, right. and you assumed it for yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned in my 30s that's been really helpful is like, I do not need to get myself caught up into anyone else's model because it really led me into a cycle of self-defeating thinking and like something was wrong with me. Like, how come I can't be consistent with this? Or how come I can't set a goal like this? And and it's just like, it's not me. Like, yes, that's not how I'm wired. This is actually not how I, like I said earlier, I actually don't do well with a lot of structure. Like I'm actually more of an idealist. That's literally my personality type is right. I think of things, I think of not what is, but what could be. Love that. Right? ENFP. ENFP. So I started constructing my life around what is me and like what is my wiring and what it works for me just because society is all in the hype of saying like this is how you should start the new year strong or social media is saying all these things or people you're following are all saying and doing these things you know, Q1 this, Q2 that, whatever. That doesn't mean that it works for you. Right. And so just being accepting of that. And once you do that, you're just going to feel so... Life is going to feel lighter. You're going to feel so much better toward yourself. You're going to feel so much happier and so much more fulfilled to just say, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, um, starting on the 1st of January, don't work for me. I'm going through a lot right now. I'll start this whenever I want to start this. But if it even just serves for you, as something that gives you motivation, which I think is the nice part that we do like about the idea of the start of the new year or goals is that it just gives you momentum. I do like that because I do like feeling excited about something or excited about going into things or excited about visions of the future or things I want to do. Definitely not taking away from that. Absolutely. I really love that. But within that, yeah, creating what works for you and being willing to leave what doesn't. Yeah, that's gold. Um, That takes self-awareness and Mm self-acceptance. I always tell people that if your goals are not working out, it's rarely about who you are. It's about your strategy. Yeah. And if you can remember that for all and every one of the things that you are starting to feel discouraged in as the year comes to an end and you're like, I'm never going to reach this goal or I, you know, I've been working on this for years. What, who am I to think that this year is going to be any different? Again, those are limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. They, they do feel nice to think because sometimes self-defeating feels good, but uh, they are limiting beliefs. And a lot of times they are not, it is not about who you are or that you don't have what it takes. It's the strategy and yeah. it's the mindset around the expectations of yourself. Some, a lot of times you just need to slow down mm-hmm. and stop saying that by this wedding, oh my gosh. at this point, I'm going to, you know, uh, of course that, that could be a whole other podcast episode in and of itself. Yeah. But, but being able to slow down and look at things strategically, research, um, you know, some good strategies for making goals for yourself. Um, if that's something that you like to do, I think it is really healthy to have a vision for yourself. Oh yeah. And goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to internalize your failures right. as limiting and that this is yeah. how it's always gonna be, and this is because who I am, and I'm just this is just how I was born and I'm not meant for something. Oh yeah. So oh I really I'm really glad that you brought up that point. Yeah, I'm the type of person where I like to just journal again, like what are my intentions for this year? Like this year, I ideally would like to travel in the summer or, you know, they actually tend to be very, okay, you want to (laughs) go? Yes. (laughs) Where are we going? Um, But yeah, like some, I I actually live, leave really big ones. And then I'm like, I'll figure out the details as I go, Um, which could be chaotic. But anyway, um, (laughs) speaking of all of that, what are some things that we want to leave behind in 2023? And what are some things that we want to take in 2024? I think for me, and this is something I'm just continuously leaving behind more and more every year, and that's people-pleasing. So that's one of mine. Mm. Leaving behind people-pleasing, I really am so happy to be in my 30s. I love my 30s because I feel like I hit a turn where I'm just like coming more and more into myself, and I'm caring a little bit less about the things that people want to fit me into. Um, And they say in your 20s, you kind of spend your 20s 
building your life based off of what you think people want to see and what Mm. you should be doing. In your 30s, you kind of let some of that go and you become more settled into your life, into who you are. And then your 40s and 50s and up, you realize nobody was really thinking that much about you anyway. And you just kind of stop caring and you just be yourself. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to about growing old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this has to do with people pleasing, but I definitely want to uh, continue leaning. uh, Well, this this has to do with what I'm leaving behind, but Mm -hmm. I want to continue to uh, lean into who I am Mm -hmm. and my authenticity, which means leaving behind the need to live out anyone else's life but my own right? in any area of my life, any area, especially in my purpose, my career, what I choose to do with my time and my energy, how I choose to make money, how I choose to um, conduct my relationships, how I choose to conduct my faith, my spirituality, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of those things like are just so unique to me. And so I would want to continue like leaving behind yeah. any need to uh, conform to anyone else's way of living. I love that. I adopted that for myself recently too. Like I'm not going to let anyone police who I am, you know, anymore. And that's right. We've been girl. in environments where <laughs> we're like, yeah, we did that didn't work, was unhealthy, what, what have you. Anywho, <laughs> I am leaving behind perfectionism in 2023. I actually am not that much of a perfectionist, to be honest. As you know, I'm very like, go with the flow. Just like yeah. act, do. Um, Which is awesome. <clears throat> it has its pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> but I've seen myself evolve a lot in terms of like, I am more willing to just show up and it not be perfect, whether yeah. it be on my stories or like I noticed maybe I had a typo in my stories. I used to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to delete this whole thing and recreate <laughs> right. it. And now I'm just like, the typo is just going to be there. Y'all know what I mean. Like, you know, um, I used to get caught up over little things like that when it comes to my image, Mm. I think, and being a little perfectionistic about my image. Um, Even with the podcast, like I feel like I'm leaving in more things of like me kind of tripping over my words sometimes, things that I used to edit out. And I used to think these little things would just, I think, maybe disqualify me from a image standpoint. And I've just really started to let that go. And I feel so much more free in how I show up in the world. I also feel so much more connected to people because I feel like people are getting the real me and they're Mm. also seeing that it's actually just like them because we're all human and we all make these different mistakes. And I've let go of, you know, this idea that I need people to, I need to be perfect for people to maybe admire me or to connect with me. Um, And I am embracing more of that kind of connection through authentic vulnerability and being myself, even with imperfections and flaws, rather than people will only like me as as much as I am perfect. Like I've just kind of let go of that whole thing and it's been so freeing for me. And I just want to continue to move into that by letting it go in 2023. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing I'm trying to let go of or that I want to let go of, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say that it's, I, I think that there are a lot of internal things that have happened in the last several years mm. that have allowed me to kind of always be continuously working on it, you know, this year, next year, whatever. Um, but I think one of the external things is like, I I want to let go of, um, and, and maybe this is internal, the idea that self-care is a luxury mm. and that it's only for when I have earned it. Yeah or when I feel exhausted, or when things get really bad. Um, I, and even just saying it out loud is is still hard. And when I say self-care, I'm not even talking about like, like, ba- like taking baths. Like with bubble ro- baths. Yeah, bubble yeah. baths with, <laughs> with rose petals, which actually I, I really don't like taking bubble baths. <laughs> I'm so Own OCD. Truth. Own it. I'm like, Ew, what kind of germs are all up in me right now from this bathtub and people's feet? I have to like disinfect. Anyway, <laughs> that's not thing. even talking about like that type of self-care. I'm talking about like taking the time to like drink water. Oh, yeah. Like that's yeah. self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, taking the time to have a really good workout and not rush my freaking workouts all the time. I actually really like working out, but I always feel like I'm in a rush all the time. And so I would like to allow myself the space to slow down, 
to, you know, every once in a while, have a really good workout, take the time to drink water, take the time to take walks during the day that sometimes feel like a waste of time. So that's what I'm talking about is like, those are not luxuries. Yeah. Those are things like I need to get my 10,000 steps in and, and not because I'm trying to like look good or whatever. I'm, I'm just actually trying to take care of myself. Like I need to be able to say like, all right, Renella, you are safe to put your phone away yeah. an hour before you sleep and open a book and read it. And we, we were messaging about this on Instagram because we're always in touch <laughs> about our um, slow living and mm-hmm, slow mm-hmm doing slow things. Yes. And for me, slow things aren't just like building puzzles and mm-hmm. and drawing and creating. For me, they're the self-care stuff, like drinking water. Yeah, I don't give myself permission to slow down enough to take care of myself every day. And that's something I'm continuously working on that um, I'm, I want to let go of and take and take with me <laughs> into 2024. Yeah, I think exactly like you're saying, it just speaks to like the speed and the hustle culture and the urgency culture that we're in when you are operating at that level, then it just doesn't become your default to check in with your body. I feel like that's something I also did better at the beginning of this year because I was dealing with like health stuff. And so then you're like forced to focus on your health and your body when Mm. you go through health issues. But I, I hear you. I would love to get to a place where it's like, even when I'm not dealing with health issues, even when life is going, just being connect back connected to my body and just listening to your body and like, what does it need in this moment? I love that. I guess really quickly, what are things that we want to take into 2024? Um, Mine is like self-acceptance, just continuing to learn more of like who I am, how I operate, how I function, and really adjusting my life to those things um, so that I can operate in my best capacity. And then the other thing I want to continue taking in is therapy. Oh, yeah. This is like, I did so much therapy this year. That's good. Um, And I just want to continue that. That's just been really keeping me mentally on track when things come up in life. I don't even have to be going through something. Sometimes I had great weeks and it was just like, it allowed us to pay attention to some other deeper things. Um, And then I want to take into 2024, just continuing to take risks. Um, Mm. I felt like in my 20s, I took a lot of risks. I would just try things. I would just jump out and do things. And I feel like that's even how I ended up growing a lot on social media. I would just like step out Mm -hmm. and create things for people and share things. And then I think I went through a phase where I kind of like took steps back and I was afraid to take risks and I had a lot of Mm. self-doubt and it was like, how will people perceive this or that? Um, This already exists out there. Do I really need to make another one of these? Just seeing so many voices and feel like, you know, there's so much out there. Do I really need to step out and do another Mm. thing? Do I really, you know? And I think I'm now shifting to a space where as I've practice more self-acceptance. Yeah. Um, I actually am now ready to take more risks and start like creating again, stepping out, doing new things, doing Love different that. things, leveling up on certain things. Yes. Um, I've accepted my imperfections. I've let go of perfectionism and that's really propelling me to um, kind of get back in that zone and momentum again that I would like to see for myself in 2024. It's just like continuing to put out. Also, the algorithm did that to me because for, and I know other people experience this where it's like they posted so much on social media and it's people with like 500,000 followers getting like 200 likes. And they're like, the math is not mathing. What is happening? And so I think in a way, experiencing that going on has given me permission to just create and let go Mm. and just not worry about how many likes I get who this reaches. And I feel like that's how I used to create. Mm. And so now I'm back there where I'm like, you know what? I can't put too much focus on like the algorithm or too many opinions or too much consumption of what other people are doing. I just need to create and let go and take the risks where I feel led. So that's what I'm taking into 2024. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking in self-care. Um, more time with family. Oh, I love it. Um, and um, more creative self-expression. Mm. Um, I think I've finally come to the point that I've realized as a uh, someone that's in psychology, who is a therapist, who has devoted her life to helping other people understand themselves and put pieces together, mm-hmm. that I've done a lot of problem solving for others and myself in such a way that I think I've made a savior out of it. Oh, yeah. And so I want to access other parts of myself that aren't just for 
productivity or to help someone solve a problem. It's simply to be and mm-hmm. to self-express. And of course, because of who, how I'm built and who I am, I always want to have impact on people. Right. Um, so, but I think that um, that focus of needing to have that impact or or specifically for that purpose, um, I, I want to balance that out with mm-hmm. just self-expressing in creative ways um, that I've always dreamed of, but have never done. Yeah. And so... I'm really looking forward to that and just enjoying kind of that slower living while obviously still going for all of my goals, but really balancing it out with like, it's okay to just stop and have blank moments or self-express and just do things because you want to do them and you're not necessarily helping anyone. (laughs) That sounds like so bad, but... No, it doesn't sound bad. Absolutely. I am the biggest believer in the world with that. Like yeah. I resonate with you. I have the same personality type. And that's something I really focused on was doing things that don't have a necessary outcome, that yes. aren't tied to productivity, that aren't tied to excelling me in some way, either career-wise or st- or whatever it is. Like, And that's what like hobbies are great for. That's why I love ice skating and like yeah, doing other things that just exactly. aren't connected, allowing yourself to be multiple things. Yes is so healthy because then you don't just, it helps you like detach your identity from being tied to being this one thing or being this one type of person to everyone. And just like, especially in a world of niches Mm -hmm. and needing to be a niche. Like I think that, not that niches are bad, but I I agree with you. I, I found it so healthy to have other things going on in my life that are detached from productivity and what you produce and what you, the impact part. Yeah, I, I've I've been realizing that a lot about myself. Like I would say to myself, well, I don't need to do those other things because this is what I actually like. You know, I want to, you know, start this thing or do that, you know, start this business or be a therapist and and do all of these things. I I love helping others. That is my hobby. Yes. yes and then I, I realized you. like, oh, actually when I stopped to think about yeah. what I've allowed myself to get really good at other than my, you know, my passion for helping other people. Yeah. I I don't know. And I have certain things that I love that I've always loved, but I don't give myself permission to spend time doing those things. Right. Because there's always someone to help. Yeah. (laughs) And there's always something to do to make the world a better place. And I just want to be able to to lean into the other parts of my identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like a really fun and exciting thing. And growing up in the Christian world um, and in the church that I did particularly, I think there was a lot of like, that should be your identity. And so it's really part of my reconstruction, <laughs> honestly, yeah, process yeah. of finding myself and finding that. more about who I am outside of just serving people. I feel that so much because there also is this realistic feeling of like limited time. Yeah. Right? So you're like, do I... And it depends on how you, like, again, construct what's meaningful. Um, Because realistically, you might be thinking, oh, do I put this time towards something that's just fun? Or do I put this time towards something that could progress me? Yeah. Or that could elevate me? Or that could have some real, you know, tangible outcome? Yeah. And so I think for me, I had to learn, like there is more than one way to see something as meaningful because when I do these other things, it actually adds like this other meaningfulness to my life that also matters just as much. Yes. Um, Also like having a husband that does these quirky things he has, he jokes, he says like, I have all these useless skills. Oh, I love that. So like he can like, (laughs) juggle Bring five me into balls. Your useless world. No, seriously, like he can juggle five balls. I love things that. like that where you're just like and he will sp- he spend hours juggling or learning to juggle. Where is he going to use this? <laughs> actually, it's, some of it's that. a great party trick actually. Anywhere we go, he can instantly draw a crowd. Like he's such a performer, but like he has all these little like skills that it's like I'm like you in in my mind, I'm like you spent hours like practicing and sitting with and learning these things or he you know he likes playing his video games like he does things that don't have any 
like necessarily tied to productivity and career driven, what have you. <laughs> so healthy for me to be around, by the way. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's nice. We can take time for ourselves to just do things we like or that won't necessarily go anywhere, but we just enjoy them or it just gives us the personal satisfaction of our own like mastery. Like, right. you know, so I totally feel that. It's just like reframing what we consider to be meaningful and the yes. ways that it adds to our lives because those things certainly do add to our lives in different ways. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for this new year, not because yeah. that, you know, we're going to be that much different. <laughs> Truly. But in general, being able to look back at the amount of time, 12 months, and being able to see so much that has happened. Oh, yes. You know, I would really encourage you to go back to, this is why I take so many pictures too, is I love going back and just seeing how much has changed. And so we, yeah, we really tend to um, look back at our lives and our brains will kind of look at only the negative things, but really encourage each of us to look back at, you know, the good things that we've found in ourselves, the courageous, courageous acts that we've um, made, the, the courageous decisions that we've made and uh, the the people that we've met, the ways our lives have shifted a little bit here and there. Um, there's always something to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't say that in a weaponized way or in a shallow way. Be grateful, or yeah, else. or just no. it's. But just really, um, you know, being able to look back with some gratitude, if you can process and think on that a little bit as we end the year, then I think um, you know you're starting off the year as you should. With a grateful heart. I love that. So Merry Christmas from us. We hope you're able to make this day what you need it to be, whatever that looks like. And we're so grateful that you joined us on this Christmas day or this Christmas week. You could be doing other things and in other places. And, you know, we just love that we've made a home of some podcast home of some sort with you. Um, And we also love hearing from you. So like hit us up on, you know, social media or leave a comment or review. We love hearing from you guys. We actually, we know it's just me and Renella talking, but we actually (laughs) want to make this as much as an open community conversation as possible. So we love hearing from you. And Gosh, I guess happy new year too. Because the next time you hear from us, it will be the new year. Constructed. Until next time. (laughs) Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us. Until next time.